Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And that's where we'll stop reading right there, a very familiar scripture. You've heard this story before, and I probably used this scripture not too long ago when I preached about a crown. But I want to go back to the 29th verse, and it says, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head. And so I want to preach to you tonight about thorns. So you pray for a few minutes. If the Lord will be my helper, I'll try my best to get to him. So this is, this is the crucifixion of Jesus that we read to you about. But, uh, you know, thorns are something that we find in nature and they've always been a part of this world. Not the first few days, but they've always been a part of this world. And you might say, well, why would they go through that? Why did they make the crown of thorns? And why did they put it on his head? Well, if you read on down in the verse, they did that to mock him. Why, what king would have a crown of thorns? And why would they place that upon his head? It was to, to bring harm. It was to hurt. It, and have you ever been pricked with a thorn? It doesn't feel good. It hurts. And the bigger the thorn is, and you may have been out and seen the roses, and they bloom this time of year, and they're so beautiful. And, and a lot of times a bush will have several on it at one time. But you've got to be careful in reaching for that thing that's pretty and beautiful. If you're not real careful, you'll get pricked by the thorn. And it hurts, and it draws the blood, and it brings pain. And so that's why they put the crown of thorns upon our Savior's head. It was to hurt him. It was to draw the blood. And who am I to say, maybe the blood that ran down from the thorn on his head was the blood that redeemed me. Maybe the blood that ran down from the crown of thorns on his head was the blood that washed my sins away. Maybe the blood that came off the crown of thorns and off the stripes of his back and, and off the bruises where he was beaten, he was wounded for our iniquities. His, and, and, and folks, maybe that blood... Was, was what brought redemption for all mankind because of some thorns. And so uh, it's not pleasant, is it, when we get stuck by the thorns. It doesn't feel good, and <coughs> it'll draw a reaction almost every time. I've never seen even the most peaceable man, when he reached and got a hold of a thorn, would, 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 would draw back, would say something, have some sort of reaction whatsoever. 
And so, but let's take a look. There was a time, did you realize that we didn't have thorns? There was a time that they weren't on the face of this earth. If we read about the Garden of Eden and about, about the man Adam and Eve before that they sinned, before that they took of the forbidden truth, before they eat of the tree of fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there was no such thing as thorns. Man was had one job and he was placed there to dress the garden and to keep it. And there was no such things as thorns. But because Adam and Eve partook of that forbidden fruit, death was pronounced. And that's what we often think of as the punishment for taking that bite of that forbidden fruit. We think of that being the eternal punishment upon man, but there was more to it than that. Did you read where the Lord told Adam, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. From that point on, we've been stuck with the thorns. From that point on, they've been a part of our lives. From that point on, at a time when you didn't think anything about it, there was the thorn. And so Adam had a thorn. He, he's the first one we read about in the Bible that introduced the concept, the idea of something from this world causing pain, of something from this world pricking us and causing blood to flow. Adam received the first thorn. And now let's go on. We read about where the, the Lord led Moses and the children of Israel out of Egypt and over toward Canaan and the promised land. And as he gave the children of Israel the land, he told them to, to take the people that lived in that land and to run them out, to run them off. But you know what they did? They didn't do that. And you know what it resulted as a problem of that? The those people became a thorn in their side. And they have been ever since. We read where they went down through there in the land of Ammon and the children of Ammon and the children of Moab never got along with the children of Israel. They were a constant thorn in the side of God's children. And did you know a lot of times the thorns we have to deal with now, preacher, you're talking about the little plant that grows and, and it's a lot of times it's wild and it has a little little thing on it and it'll bring blood when you put, put your finger against it. I'm talking about some figurative thorns and if we're not careful we bring them on ourselves. And when we get them, we just have to live with it. Pray on. The Lord's going to help me a little while. Alright. Children of Israel, God never did take those, those children of Ammon away, did he? He never did take the children of Moab away, the Philistines. The children of Israel had to deal with their thorn. We'll have to deal with our thorn. Oh, let's read on. Go over to the New Testament. Remember the parable of the seed sower. It talks about how the seed sower went forth to sow seed and some fell by the wayside. Oh, and he went on and he sowed seed and some fell on stony ground. Then he went a little farther and he sowed seed and some fell among the thorns, didn't he? And then he continued on and he sowed seed and some fell on good ground. And so he went on down into the chapter and he began to explain the parable of the seed sower. And I want to remind you of the verse over in Psalms and it says... Blessed is he that goeth forth carrying precious seed, for he shall doubtless come again 
burying his sheaves with him. I'm telling you today, there's not a seed sown, preacher brethren, that God doesn't direct. There's not a seed that comes from your mouth. There's not a, a, a word of life that comes from your mouth that's misguided. It goes exactly where it's intended to grow. Now the ground that it falls into is what determines what happens to the seed. If the seed falls by the wayside, it's folks that's wrapped up in this world and they don't take time to consider where they're going to spend eternity. The seed may have been tossed their way, but they don't welcome it. They don't want, They don't wrap it up in their heart. They don't open their heart to the seed when it comes their way. The seed that falls on stony ground, and the Bible said, Jesus said, that people would receive it with joy, but when the sun came out with a fervent heat, it would die right there. And you see people all the time. I've seen them. If you're if you're a church member, you've seen them. They'll receive the word with joy. They'll come down. They'll say, Jesus, save me. And the next thing you know, they're never darkened the church house door again. What happened to the seed? What happened to the life? It fell on stony ground. It never took root. And they never came forth with new life. Now, let's get to the seed that fell among the thorns. <laughs> Folks, we've all got a thorn. Did you know that? We're all flesh. He never saved us to be perfect. He never said every day would be sunshine. We sing a song, and you pray on for just a few minutes, Shorty. I won't be long. We sing us this song, and I believe Keelan and Carissa sung it this past Sunday. Thank you for the valley I walked through today. The second verse says, life can't be all sunshine or the flowers. Have you ever complained because it rained there was something you wanted to do that day? Life can't be all sunshine or the flowers would die. The rivers would be desert, all buried and dry. Life can't be all a blessing or there'd be no need to pray. So I thank you for the valley I walked through today. How many times has your thorn driven you to your knees? How many times have you cried out in the midnight hour, Lord, please take this away. How many times has your thorn caused you to worry, caused you to wonder, caused you to fret? And I know, the, I, know I believe Dutch Bottoms has some fine find people. I don't believe we have people that go out and blatantly sin. They're not drunkards. They're not harlots. They're not whoremongers. But a lot of us have weight that we need to cast aside and run the race with patience. That weight is our thorn. Alright. Your thorn. Some fell among thorns. Now, I had read that scripture hundreds of times and until I read it this morning, I had never noticed this. The person whose seed fell among thorns, it doesn't say that they didn't have life. What it says is that they were unfruitful. You know what happens when a plant springs forth in a, in a, a bunch of thorns? It never can grow, can it? Because it gets very little light. It's overcast. It's in the shadows. What the scripture says about the seed that was in the thorn is it was unfruitful. Oh, if 
people could realize we're worried to death about catching this virus. We're worried to death about what our government says this or what restriction it puts on that. We're worried to death about should we go to work, should we stay home. If people worried about salvation, life would be a lot easier. If people worried about where they're going to spend eternity, they could get the church doors open fast enough. If people worried about where they were going to, whether they were going to burn or whether they were going to live in heaven when this life was over, they would be worried about social distancing. You wouldn't be able to put a feather between sinners on the altar. I'm here to tell you today there's something more important in life than this virus. Eternity is something you need to be concerned about. And don't let the thorn of this virus steer you away from it. Don't let the thorn of what you're doing from day to day, what fear you have inside of you, what drives you to, to not sleep, what keeps you from having peace in your heart. Don't let your thorn keep you from Jesus. Alright. We've all got them. We've all got them. Oh. You got the seed. Are you going to let it flounder? Is the seed just, listen, I've seen people, it don't matter whether you're five or 85, if that new life has never got any sunshine, it's never grown. We've got, we've got people that are still on the milk. They've never got to the meat because they've never had given that chase to, Never given that life a chance to grow. It's been overshadowed by the thorns. Oh, what about your thorn? What am I going to do, preacher? It's there. Sometimes it's just more than I can handle. What am I going to do, preacher? Let's see what Paul did. Let's take a look at his thorn. You remember Apostle Paul. He said, unless I should be exalted above measure... There was given me a thorn in my side. And I prayed thrice that the Lord would remove it. Now here is an educated man, very well taught in the law. Knew every jot and tittle of the law. Sat under the feet of Gamaliel and learned everything there was to learn. Much smarter than I'll ever be. More power than I'll ever have. And he had a thorn that he couldn't get rid of. He prayed that the Lord would take it away. And what was the Lord's answer? The Lord's answer was no. Has he ever told you no? People think they can just go to the Lord and say, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. And he'll just say, why, yes, I will. Let me tell you something. We'll live according to his will or his plan or we'll be out of it all together. All right. No, Paul. No, I'm not going to take that away from you. Now, I've heard historians say that Paul's thorn was his eyesight. I don't know. I don't know what his thorn was. I don't know what yours is. You don't know what mine is, but we've all got them. We've all got them. Preacher, is that sin? I don't know. I just know we, I've got things in my life that I wish I could get rid of. How about you? We've all got them, don't we? Maybe that person you work with that you just you tried your best and you just can't get along with them. 
No matter how good you are to them, how much love you show them, they still got a hard-hearted heart and you just can't seem to get through. Maybe it's a personal problem that you've got and you've tried to lay it down. You've tried to quit. You knew that that wasn't good for you and you just couldn't let go. You just couldn't get away from it. And that's your thorn. Oh, I don't know what your thorn is. I don't, it may be a family issue. You and your family just can't get along. I don't know what it is, but everybody's got a thorn. And the Lord ripped refused to move, remove Paul's thorn. Did you hear what Paul had to say? Lest I should be exalted above measure. There was given me a thorn in the flesh. If everybody I walked into and I could take their problems away, I could heal their diseases, I could break, take the sadness away and give them gladness on the inside, I might think myself to be somebody. But when a man thinks himself to be somebody, right then he is nothing. We've all got a thorn in the flesh. And maybe Paul's thorn is what kept him up. You know what he said? For when I am weak, then I am strong. We're the weakest thing the Lord has ever made. But when we realize that, and we pray for the Lord to help us with our thorn, He can make us strong. For I am persuaded... Neither life, nor death, nor power, nor principality, nor things present, nor things to come. And I can't quote it all. But when you get right down to the end of that, it said, Nothing is able to separate us from the love of Christ. Oh, not even your thorn that you've worried about. It can't separate you from the love of God. I like that song, don't you? The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. And then the last verse says, talks about if, if the oceans were filled with ink, and every man had a quill, the oceans would run dry. Tell them about the love of God. I preached a message one time several years ago. It reads over in John, I believe. It says, if everything was written down, and I can't quote it exactly, but if everything was written down that Jesus did, the world could not contain the books. Why well, I can fill a volume myself with what Jesus has done for me in spite of my thorn, in spite of my weakness, in spite of how many times I've disappointed and let him down, he's still been good to me. If all he ever did was save me, I'd fill the whole volume with thank God I Oh, the thorns. No, Paul. I'm not going to take it away from you. But what did Jesus give him to help him live with the thorn? He didn't take it away from him. Our world... And our modern folks today, our modern churches, they act like to me, Jesus will just say yes, 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 yes. I've had him tell me no. I've asked for things specifically and he'd say no. And I'd wonder why at the time. But then down the road, I could look back and see what heartache that would have brought me if he'd have given me what I wanted. Sometimes he tells us no, folks. He told Paul no about the thorn that he'd just have to learn to live with it. But he didn't leave him to his own devices. He gave him grace. 
to, to, to live life with the thorn. Now, let's go on that term for just a minute, will you? And then I'll be done in just a second. Oh, he said, thy grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. How'd you get saved? It wasn't just because you believed. It wasn't just because that you knew down deep in your heart that Jesus was the Savior of this world. It wasn't just because that you had faith to believe that He went to the cross of Calvary, was hugged between the heavens and the earth, died and rose again on the third appointed morning. Let's go to the book. By grace, through faith, you're saved. Not of works as any man should boast, for it is the gift. Of God, and he didn't want this man to have the thorn and the presence enough to say. He said, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thank you, God, for amazing grace. I can make it with this old thorn out of God because I've got your grace. Oh, they planted our Savior a crown. Of thorns. Number 11. In the little red book. There's a song about the crown. Of thorns. A rugged cross became his throne. His kingdom was in hearts alone. And the last line says. He wore the thorns. Upon his head. Now we read where they put the purple robe on him and they bowed the knee and they mocked him and I guess that's why they put the crown of thorns on his head. What king in their right mind would want to wear a crown of thorns? And they didn't know it, but when they shoved that crown of thorns on his forehead and the thorn pricked his temple and the blood came rolling down. That was my salvation rolling down his cheek. That was your redemption rolling down his cheek. Oh, thanks be to God for the crown of thorns. Thanks be to our Savior for enduring the pain that he had to endure. Oh, we think if we have a sleepless night, we're having a rough time. We think if somebody don't like us, we just don't know what we're going to do. We think if somebody has some unkind words to say our way, we'll just fall out of pieces. He wore a crown of thorns. Not one like me and you have to endure a whole crown full of them so that we could be saved. So when you're buying your one, you remember Jesus for many. When your one's about all you can take, remember Jesus had them all around him. When your thorn seems like more than you can bear, remember how you got saved by grace through faith. Now let me say this and then I'll come to a close. Marty sings this song, There'll Be New Grace. It's not just saving grace. We used to sing this song. It says, talks about how God will give you grace to keep your mouth shut when you want to speak. He'll give you grace to die with. He'll give you grace to face all kinds of adversities, problems, and thorns. 
and give Paul grace for his thorn. And I read in the Bible where God is no respecter of person. If he had grace for Paul, he's got grace for Mike. If he had grace for Paul, he's got grace for Ronnie. If he had grace for Paul, he's got grace for Isaac. If he had grace for Paul, he's got grace for Jim. He's got grace for Bobby. He's got grace for you if you'll just trust him. I don't care how big and mighty your authority is, how much blood is poured from where you were pricked. Take it to Jesus and tell him that he's got grace for you. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He's a whisper away. He's not in them. They're of a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. For the hand of the Lord is not short that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. And you tried, Jesus. Take your Lord to him and he'll give you grace to see it through. Now, right on down where I stopped reading. Just the next verse, if I'm not mistaken. It talks about how they compelled one Simon, the tanner, I believe it was, to bear the cross of Jesus. Simon was not nailed to the cross, was he? Simon wasn't beaten. Simon wasn't spit upon. Simon wasn't mocked. But he bore the cross. Maybe reluctantly, according to man's description of it, maybe reluctantly, but he bore the cross. And maybe at the time there were people standing in the crowd that said, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I wouldn't carry that man's cross. But can't you just see Simon about 20 years later sitting that little grandchild upon his lap and say, guess what I got to do? I got to carry Jesus' cross. Oh, he's not asked you to wear the whole crown. He's not asked you to go to Calvary. He's not asked you to pierce your hands and your feet and hang between the heavens and the earth. He's not asked you to give your life because he's already given his. Oh, all he's asked you to do is endure one thorn by his grace. What did he tell Paul? Now, we strongly, and I know this is going out to Facebook. There are probably some people that are listening to the sound of my voice right now that see things a little differently than I do. And I don't fault anybody over that. But here at Dutch Bottoms, we believe in the King James Version Bible. That's what we say, now, isn't it? That's what we say. We're fine with John 3.16. We're fine with Jesus wept. How about, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do you believe that? It's King James Version Bible. Why do you let things overwhelm you? Why do you let the world get the best of you when the thorn gets to causing you pain? Ask for, <laughs> Ask for more grace. Preacher, I got it when I was saved. The well's not run dry. <clears throat> Let me get this. We've preached on this before. The Samaritan woman, he said, if you'd asked, 
for a drink, I'd give you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Folks, the well's still there. It'll never, never run dry. Neither will his grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. And grace will lead me home. It goes on, don't it? When we've been there 10,000 years, how'd you get there? I didn't get there because I was good. I didn't get there because I was a preacher. I didn't get there because my daddy was a deacon. I didn't get there because my church membership was at Dutch Bottoms. I made it by grace. That's all the way I can get there. I can't get there any other way. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as I said, we'll know less days to say God's praise than when we first begun. And then here we say this verse, praise God, praise God. How about you? Have you praised the Lord for his amazing grace? Or have you thanked him for seeing you through? Oh, what is grace? It's the unmerited love and favor of God. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us anyway so that we could endure the thorns. If he saved us and we never had a problem, people say it's easy to be a Christian. But we've got to endure the thorns. And we endure them with his grace so people can say, look at there. I know he's having a hard time, but he's going on. He's got a smile on his face, and he's walking down the road rejoicing. How? With the thorn that he's got, how could he do that? By grace. By grace through faith. Folks. Now, preacher, when can I get rid of the thorn? Okay, I'll tell you. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep in the Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the trump of God, and the voice of the archangel. Oh, and those that are dead in Christ shall arise first, won't be taking the thorn with us. <clears throat> and those of us that are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye and rise to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We've heard Faye testified about the streets of gold. You've heard about the gates of pearl, the walls of jasper. You've heard about Jesus being there. You've heard about the saints of God being there. You know what won't be there? It won't be any thorns. We'll leave them here. What brought on thorns? Sin and death. And there's no sin going to be there. That's when you'll get rid of the thorns. Preacher, I just don't know if I can make it. I ask for grace. We sing this song, and I'm going to come to a close. Once from my poor sin sick soul, Christ did every burden wrong. Now I walk redeemed and whole. What's the next line say? Amen. 
hand in hand with Jesus. If the thorn's weighing you down, hold to God's unchanging hand. Keep holding to him. Keep trusting in him. Asking for grace. And he'll help you to make it with a thorn. <laughs> Preacher, you should preach that God would take the thorn away. I can't preach that because that's not in the Bible. I was only ordained to preach the word. I'm not going to preach you something that's not in the Bible. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to live with it. But if you live with it and you trust in God's grace, he'll help you see, through, see you through it. All right. That's the message. I love you. Join us Sunday morning for the drive-in service at 10. We're looking for you. Come here, Bobby and Sonia and Kim sing. And I'll try my best to preach you a better message on Sunday morning. I love you. God bless you.